This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You are not looking live at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley. Instead, you're looking at Sean Spicer, former White House press secretary. And of course, uh, used to run debates for the RNC, Governor Scott Walker, uh, former governor of Wisconsin, who's been on presidential debate stages. I'm Mark Halpern. I've covered a lot of the presidential debates and I used to help anchors prepare for them. So we're going to have another talk as we did last time. We're grateful to you for joining us about this debate. My least favorite question uh, for pundits about debate night is, what do the candidates have to do? So I'm going to ask a different question. Uh, Governor, I'll start with you. Who, Which candidate are you watching most closely tonight and why? Oh, DeSantis. Uh, it's make or break for anybody on that stage, but I particularly think even more so uh, for Governor DeSantis after last month's debate. I think he performed fine. We talked about this before, both before and after that debate, but fine's not good enough. Uh, he, there is still a huge margin. In fact, he's waffled a little bit in the polls uh, since then. And if he's going to not only reclaim the, the front runner of the second tier, uh, but if he's actually going to make any kind of progress on President Donald Trump, he's got to start it tonight. Sean, I have a slightly different answer, but what's yours? I'd say 60-40. I have 60 that DeSantis has the most to lose, but Nikki Haley has the most to gain. I think as, as Governor Walker pointed out, he is sort of falling back a little. But the chatter I hear among donors and activists is the, everybody who's dialing back on DeSantis is willing to give Nikki Haley that look, which I thought was interesting. And so I think she has the most to gain. Uh, yeah. That's not to say somebody else can't pop out, but but as much as it is his to lose, it's hers to to take advantage of. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more interested in her because I think if she does a, a strong debate compared to last time, that'll actually bring a lot more donors in, a lot more activists in. And she's the only one, if you look at the polling, she's the only one post-debate for Donald Trump who's seen a meaningful rise. Her national rise hasn't been that great, but her Iowa and New Hampshire rise is pretty clear. And again, we all know that's that's rightly where the focus is for them. Um, I want to ask you guys both, and, and again, either you jump in, let's say you were advising one of the candidates, regardless who it was, and, and they said, look, I think tonight's make or break. If I don't have a, a huge performance, if I'm not the story, if I don't catch attention, I think I'm done. What should I do? What's the answer? We saw lots of people try to break out in the first debate. No one did. But based on the polling, it may be Haley. So what's the answer? If you're DeSantis, if you're Christie, if you're Ramaswamy, if you're Pence, what's the answer? To, or DeSantis? What's the route to kind of throw the long ball and see if see if you can get a touchdown? Well, I think you absolutely have you have to do that because right now, if if you don't, I mean, I'm I'm in a unique position in that after the second debate at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library and Museum, where they're going to be at tonight, a week later, I got out of the race. It shocked everyone, probably including you guys. Uh, but I could see where things were going in a three-hour debate. We got two questions. I think it is even more decisive now than it was back then. Trump so what do you was do? Trending, I, he was moving in the right direction, I, but right now, I so, so I agree. So what do you do? Ahead. I yeah, agree. It's it's it so, clock's so ticking. Look, I agree. What do you do? I, I think there's two things. One, it's a combination of issues. Meaning, I would figure out like 
what is the issue that you're going to have the most credibility on and what can you be decisive on? For example, the border right now, getting out and being indignant and decisive and saying, you know what, I'll tell you what I'm going to do as president. Three things. Boom, 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 boom. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be real. And it's got to be in your wheelhouse. Right. So but, you, but 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 let me interrupt you for a sec. So let's say you're let's say, OK, I agree with you. The border. DeSantis but, has said he'd he shoot people with backpacks at the border. You're going to outbid him on that. No, but but my point, Mark, is that it's 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 a combination, and this is what I was trying to get at. It's a combination of the issue, and and the and the tone and the tactic. Governor Walker is saying, DeSantis was largely not present. I mean, he did fine, and I agree with that. It was a wash for him. He needs to be assertive in this debate, and I mean, almost like the the pragmatic, informative Ramaswamy from last time. He's got to get up there with real solutions and say, you know what, you guys sit down. I'm going to tell you what the real issue is right now and how I'll solve it. I've said before, I'm going to shoot people with backpacks or whatever he said, and I mean it, because if we're going to take blah, 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 but he can't be a wallflower this time. So it's not just the issue, but it's the tone and the tactics that he takes to get through. But he can't sit back and play prevent defense and hang on the five yard line. That's the difference. And and the problem is, I was really interested in the last debate. I came out intrigued. I was intrigued to see what the polling would do for Ramaswamy. He came out, boom, 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 boom. He got that initial bump, and then it was like a sugar high and flattened out. Because I don't think there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of when it, when the sugar high wore off, people were saying, ah, can you really do that, or is that really your position, or didn't you do this in the past? I think DeSantis actually has a record as governor, and he can say, you know what, guys, you all sit down. I've done this as governor. Here's what I'm going to do. Boom, boom, boom. And I think his donors and grassroots activists want to know, can this guy take Trump on one on one? And last time, you know, I agree with everybody who said he he passed, but passing doesn't isn't going to get donors. Did you have did you? I, I thought you said that you had two two suggestions. Did you do them both in there? No, or? no, that's what I mean. It's got to be a combination of issues and tactic. It can't just yeah. be I'm going to say it's, something. It's got to be the tone. It sounds like tone is key, particularly for DeSantis, right? He needs to reassert that he's the alpha, that he's the one. If you if you want to stop Trump, there's one big giant battleship that you can bet on, which of course he's lost uh, a lot, and and the chatter is that you guys hear too. The chatter about what he's lost with his donors, with the activists, which some of his endorsers, even in Iowa, New Hampshire, is more significant than what's said publicly. He's He's more imperiled from what I hear. And again, I bet you guys hear the same thing. And if he can't quiet that tonight, I'll be curious to see how much he can raise uh, uh, this, you know, when we get to the end of the quarter here. I think that's the thing that most imperils him is his super PAC's going to have money, but he may end up out of money and not be able to run a campaign. And of course, his campaign's expensive because he likes to travel in style and he's got security and a big apparatus. And so he can't just, you know, jump on US Air or Frontier and get where he needs to go. Uh, that's that's turned out to be a bit of a problem for him. I, I want to ask you about the, the seven on the stage, right? Um, do, do you think if any of them said, I think the right thing to do tonight is to take on Trump directly? We saw Nikki Haley do that a little bit, and I think maybe she benefited from that. Where do you where do you take on Trump? Some people have suggested abortion, but where is the room to take on Trump for any of them tonight if they say, I'm going to make my bones in this debate by being the guy or the gal who's not afraid to take on Trump? What's the issue? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, I think it's bigger than just a specific issue. I think it's got to be if you like the things that happened during the four years that Donald Trump was president. In fact, arguably, Mike Pence might have the biggest case to make on this. If you like the policy, but you hate the chaos, I'm that person. I'm the candidate who can do all that. Um, I think if there's a weakness out there, it's that folks would prefer. I hear many even of Trump supporters say they love what he did. I wish he wouldn't tweet this. I wish he wouldn't say that. But they're, they've got a proven commodity. The appeal that I talk about all the time with a lot of the other corporate press is to say, oh, how can Republicans, how can these voters be for, for Trump out there? They've been burned so many times. They've had so many times politicians promise things, go to Washington and fail to deliver. They're willing to take some of the hard edges that they have to deal with in terms of the tone uh, with former President Trump and, because and he delivers. Tough. you got to somehow show I'm the person who can do all that and more and still get elected. I totally agree. But I think some of them love the chaos. They may not want to admit it, but some of them love it. And in the face of four indictments, I think a lot of voters' attitude is we need chaos. The only way to deal with the, the deep state and the Democrats, the media, is somebody who will say anything, do anything, roll grenades into the middle of downtown and see what happens. I, I will say this. The, the one issue you brought up, Mark, about abortion, I think the president's comments on Meet the Press were not helpful to the pro-life community. Um, they really caused doubt into his commitment. I mean, and the, now the flip side is he has a strong record on it. As I mean, as president, he appointed three very strong uh, Supreme Court justices. His record on life was very strong. Um, but I think he gave people pause as to his commitment uh, to, to the pro-life cause. I'll go back to what I said the first time, though. Tone matters. If you go after the Trump base, it's very personal. Uh, it's like going after a family member. So I would caution anybody how they go after this. Um, and, and to some extent say, look, I know we all love the policies of President Trump. Uh, he did all this, but I'm unequivocally pro-life. You're not going to get me sitting in a room with with pro-choice, with NARAL uh, and, and SBA life and having a discussion. I know where I stand on this, blah, 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 blah. It's sort of a veiled hit at him. I wouldn't go at him straight on. The one thing that's interesting, we talked about where things were post and pre-debate. I feel like Trump's base wherever you want to call it, 50-ish percent, let's just say for the sake of argument, both nationally and, and in the early states, stayed rather solid. It's the deck chairs were arranged, you know, DeSantis yeah. lost three points, Nikki picked up two, Tim Scott lost one. I mean, they rearranged each other's deck chairs. They didn't take any of his. And I think that's the thing that, that's why I'm, I would preach a little caution here. It's almost like, I, I mean, I grew up in Rhode Island, uh, and we had the America's Cup up until the, the early 80s. There was a Challenger series, and then you got to take on the Americas, right? So you got to, there was this Defender series, and the Americans figured out who their guy was. And then the Challengers, New Zealand and Australia, Spain, England, they would race to see who would take on America. And I feel like right now, this is the Challenger series, and who gets to take on Trump. So I would just be very cautious because the, the MAGA base doesn't want to hear about how bad he is. You're right. He delivered, and that's what they care about. Well, particularly when you add in the indictment stuff, I think if the indictments were about embezzling money from a bunch of little old ladies, they'd be upset about it. But they view the indictments as Trump standing up for elections that many felt were stolen or at least questionable at best. And so they're not put off by that. So any of the normal things, you know, before in the pre-Trump era where, yeah, an indictment, integrity issues, throwing things like spending, pro-life, even how to handle COVID, all those things would have been fair game. But because he's under so much attack right now, I don't think those voters are moved by that. What they're moved by, if anything, 
is the idea that there's somebody out there that will be just as strong on these issues or more so, but has a better tone and more likely they get elected. So far, nobody's made that case. All right, Tom, so I'm, I'm, we're 10 minutes in and maybe I missed it, but has any, either of, any of the three of us said the words Scott or Tim so far? I don't Ooh. think so. No. Tim Scott, right? So I've, one of the things I do in, in my spare time, like when I'm on my runs, is I write the, I write, pre-write the obits for these campaigns, because some of them are going to, some of them are going to be getting. I want to know what mine was eight years ago. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you offline. Um, I was informed by by the hour and a half I spent with the Iowa State Fair. So I I did a list this morning in my newsletter of the thirteen uh, reasons that are going to be in the DeSantis obits if he's not the nominee. Who's going to be blamed? You know what 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 errors are going to be cited? I want to talk about Tim Scott. We didn't bring him up. A lot of the Senate Republicans, his colleagues, you know, continue to support him. A lot of donors continue to support him. I didn't I wasn't as bullish on his candidacy for the very reasons I think we saw in the first debate. He, he, he's, he's a nice guy. He's got a vision. He's, he's a good speaker, but he has got no fire in the belly. He's treating running for president like he's like it's a hobby rather than something that he wakes up every morning and says, I'm going to chew through these handcuffs to get to the White House. So is he done? And if you were advising him today, say, Tim, people think you're done. What Does he have the capacity in two hours to, to get back in the conversation or not? Sure, he does in the sense that you guys know that these uh, debates all have shifting narratives depending on what happens. I mean, the second debate eight years ago, uh, the whole prefab of that debate narrative was that uh, Carlos Verona got in on the stage. He went up from the second tier to, <clears throat> to, me, to the first tier maybe he's the one that comes out and has a shining moment. Because remember, Nikki Haley, I think in that first debate, at least in the first half, I thought was kind of in the DeSantis camp of, I said to the person next to me, where's Nikki at? Nikki's a good friend of mine. We were governors together for two terms. I was shocked that she wasn't more present until Ramaswamy went off on Israel and foreign policy. And then she just had that breakout moment where she said, you know, you don't, you don't know anything about foreign policy. And it shows that was off script. I talked to her afterwards. I said, you need to do more of that. Maybe Tim Scott gets out of his polite Southern mode and actually has one of those breakout moments. If he does, we'll be talking about it. If he doesn't, I think you're right. It's done. Well, look, I, I would say that, you know, what's your comma? You know, Mark Halpern, comma, top political uh, analyst and journalist, right? Tim Scott's comma is United States Senator and all around nice guy. There's nothing about policy wonk or fighter for this or champion of that. Everybody, when you ask what's after the comma, when you say Tim Scott, it's really nice guy. Uh, and I, to a fault, everybody likes him. He's kind. He has an uplifting and optimistic message. Uh, and I don't think there's a person that could say a negative word about him except uh, Ben Terrace from the Washington Post. Um, <laughs> Sean, I love Sean, I love role play, not the kind of role play they do in Wisconsin. But let's say you were in a debate, uh, the green room with Senator Scott, and you're the last person in the room with him. What's your 30 second pep talk to him? If I'm a Scott advisor, or if yeah, I'm yeah, just... you're Scott, no, you're Scott <laughs> advisor, you're Scott Time advisor, you're Scott uh, advisor, right. and it's like, it, and he clears the room and says, and says, uh, you know, Sean, stick around, and you got 30 seconds with him before he goes on stage. What do you say? 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'll go back to what I said a moment ago. You got to be authentic and you got to be yourself. Everybody likes you. You're a nice guy. You get things done. At this time in America right now, we got real problems, both domestically and in foreign policy. Uh, yeah. So get up right now and dance with me. <laughs> um, I don't, I mean, look, I, I don't, the problem, Mark, is that I don't, I mean, right now he's got to convince people that this time requires him and he can't be somebody he's not. He can't get up there and be indignant. That's not Tim Scott. I don't know that there's a role right now. I honestly don't. I mean, unless he's he's playing for something else, but part of it is he's got to, he's got to say, look, this is what we need right now. I'm the guy who can get it done. I, people like me, blah, blah, blah. I, I get it. It's not exciting, but he's not. Yeah. You know, you know, Donald Trump, I want to stay with Tim Scott for one more second and then move to something else. You know, president Trump super well. I thought before the first debate that Tim Scott was moving towards being a mortal lock to be Trump's running mate. I now think if he has another performance tonight, Donald Trump's going to say sleepy Tim, you know, no energy. And, and this is hurting his chances. Not that he's running for VP, because I don't think anybody ever actually does that. But don't you do you agree with me that if he has another bad performance, his Veep stakes stock goes down with Donald Trump? I never had his Veep stakes high enough anyway, because I think Donald huh. Trump is convinced he needs a woman. Yeah, uh, more likely and, than and, not. I mean, I get, I, look, I again, I would be a huge supporter of Tim Scott as vice president. He could step into the role. Uh, again, can't say anything bad about the guy. He's really smart. He's got some great ideas. His policies are on. But uh, anyway, so that that's my VP two cents. But okay. I just don't. I again, I think everybody wants to want him, wants to like him, but it's it's just it's not there. This is yeah. not his time. He Let's should get be done after tonight, but he won't be because he's got enough money. Yeah, uh, right. to ride him through for a while. But if he was anybody else, it would probably be it, unless he has a break tomorrow. Yeah. Can I, Mark? Can I just ask one yeah. one DeSantis of question course. that I want to get yeah. you guys? Like DeSantis announced after ad nauseum discussions that he's going to have this debate with Newsom on on Fox. It's November 30th. I think that's the date. Yeah. I, I said this yesterday on the show. Like, I think that that's too far away. I think they thought this would be a nice waypoint. And it was going to be like between debates and he'd get some action right before Iowa in, in Jan January 15th. And it would be this huge primetime thing on Hannity. I have a feeling I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 Newsom says, hey, I'm going to cancel this. I don't want to debate the third. You know, if I, I thought that they were I thought strategically they were they they had planned that this would be this brilliant time and place to, to debate Newsom. I'm wondering if it's not going to it's going to be too late. Yeah. Look, their frustration, I know, is they everything they try to get attention just doesn't work. The Trump power, you know, super force is just too strong. And I do think they wanted this sooner. The problem is, this was like, you know, negotiating for the, the Vietnam peace talks. They had to negotiate the shape, the shape of the table. And would there be an audience and would there be videos? I think they made a mistake if they did want it sooner, which I agree with you. They, if they're going to do it, they should do it sooner. They made a mistake. They had all sorts of demands about right. stuff that Newsom just wouldn't go for. And so, you know, they both doing other stuff. Sean Hannity's got other stuff. So it wasn't like urgent to get negotiated. And then I think they just... You know, you know, the dirty little secret about DeSantis, as far as I'm concerned, which goes into the scheduling question, is he spends an enormous amount of time out of necessity flying around the country doing fundraisers that aren't bringing in very much money. 
And so he didn't have that much time on his schedule between huh. debate, the, 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 the Republican debates, needing to be in Iowa, needing to raise money. I, I, I know part of the negotiations were that as well. It should have been August 30th. If you had any sense, it would be September 30th. Yeah. You wait till November 30th, you're done. And I think it's, again, a good example of Washington consultants who are acting like he's the front runner when he's been the front runner of the second tier. 100%. If he had any brains, uh, his campaign had any sense out there, they'd do it right away because it may be the only thing that saves his fundraising. And, see, and, and, and a knockout blow with Newsom, which is really hard because Gavin Newsom's good. That's yeah. but see, you're you're hitting the nail. You guys are both right. I mean, who cares whether there's a live audience at a table or whatever? He needs this right now. He needs to show I can I can be the David that takes on Goliath. I can be the guy. Like, look at what I did to Newsom. I can do it to try. I mean, I, I'm with you. But this was I, I don't care. be the guy that says I'll debate you anywhere, anytime. Exactly. I don't care. Exactly. If it's in the capital of Sacramento. I'll be there. I, yes. I, I agree with what you guys are saying, although I will say I still think at this point he's got to try everything. But it seems to me it diminishes him to be debating a Democrat who isn't even running for president. But at that point, this point, the dice cast. I want to ask you about Trump. Right. Team Trump seems still 100 percent dead set against debating. No interest in it. Doesn't don't think it helps him. Trump himself, as I understand it, you know, like typical Donald Trump muses, maybe I need to go, whatever. I still think if there are end up being debates on the ground in Iowa, New Hampshire, that those are harder to miss without a backlash. But what are you hearing? What are you thinking about whether he continues to skip them and whether he pays a price if he if he does? It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, well, Ronald Reagan was a good example in 1980. He spent less time in Iowa than he should have. And I think it was a shocker to him and his campaign. They lost. He went on to obviously have success in New Hampshire, even though Reagan grew up next door in Illinois and actually worked in Iowa uh, for a couple of years on the radio. So if they're paying any attention to history, they'll know you cannot ignore early state voters in that regard. Having said that, I think he doesn't get in any sooner than that, if need be, unless there's a big shift after tonight's debate. Yeah, I think it, it, it's two things that will determine the factor, the number of candidates that remain in and the percentage that they get. So if it gets if if a bunch of candidates drop, but they still, you know, the, the his lead grows, not their lead, then I think that's a problem. Or so in other words, if, if three candidates drop out, Donald Trump goes from 50 to 62. He's yeah. not going to debate them. Number one. Number two is if the opposite happens, if, if they, one of them just if enough of them drop that he feels like. Uh, it, it's a binary choice. He will get in. But be, barring that, no way. What if DeSantis got out after this debate uh, or after the next one? Do you think a lot of his vote would go to Haley and th therefore we might be back to people talking about a two-person race? Is that conceivable? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but even there, it could be a two-person race, but it's still one of those where it's two if it went down to that it's two people with a huge gap but but that's uh, yeah. like exactly we... right about the uh, debate stuff is why would you get why would you engage with any of these people if it's you know it's like the who's going to be the runner-up to Aaron Judd last year in the home run derby nobody was close so so let's also like remember the math here DeSantis let's call it 15 percent generously speaking if he drops out 
let's say 10 goes to Nikki. She's at what, 20, 19? I mean, Trump's still not going to look at that as a, as a viable threat. He's well, He just started attacking her, though, if that happened. Well, 19 is not a viable threat. But then you got to look at Mike Pence, mm -hmm. Tim Scott, and, uh, um, well, I guess just the two of them, right? Because yeah, Ramaswamy really. and Christie right. are in different category. But if, and maybe, but maybe Christie too, right? What if those three guys basically said, Pence, Scott, and, and, and Christie basically said, not in the cards for me. They face enormous pressure from Governor Reynolds, from, uh, from Governor Sununu, Governor Kemp to all get out. Then you can talk about Haley at 30. Again, I'm not predicting any of this. Right. But if you're just looking for a scenario, the, I thought the most hilarious can thing I, I've read I, the last- Can I throw the crazy yeah. scenario at you? Yeah, that as, a, as I sit here in Virginia, there's a lot of big donors that I hear chatter from that believe that, and this is the, you know, the double bank moonshot that <laughs> that Virginia maintains the House of Delegates, picks up the Senate, Young can claims credit for it politically, and then is urged to get in. I get the filing deadline issue, right? That's the that's the reality of he'll miss two. And Virginia's, by the way, December 18th, I think, or 15th. So I mean, you have a hard time making Virginia's. That being said, uh, that is sort of the other bank shot scenario that DeSantis or someone drops out. The donors look to Yunkin, uh, I, I think, is the most viable outside option and beg him to come in. I think he's the third most likely nominee now. And I've been a Yunkin skeptic and a late entry skeptic the whole way. But Governor, but, can you put your hat on, though, and say if somebody came to you when you were governor, you hadn't gotten in and they said, would you do this? Uh, I mean, would you look at this? Just sort of, I, I think there's the starstruck, which is, wow, this is awesome. Here's $50 million in donor money that's sitting in a super PAC waiting for me. But then there's the campaign reality, and you know this better than anybody. You don't just start a campaign like that. Wh where's your head at as, a, as somebody who had been a successful governor? I think you'd not only be flattered, but I'd say even more so with Glenn Youngkin. This is a guy who had, came in with a very savvy business sense. I was struck by how thoughtful he was when I got to connect with him long before he was even in the primaries and before the convention, part of his success in Virginia was that moment in time, but also part of it was he had carefully laid the groundwork. I think in the end, he'll, he'll treat this seriously, but I don't think he gets in. I think he just looks at the gap and says, unless Trump's numbers drop after this or the next debate, somehow, some way, not just because of the debate, because of something else, he says, why do I want to be the leader of the second tier? I agree. Raise your hand if you like Paul Ryan. If you like Paul Ryan and you think he's smart, raise your hand. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Raise your I, hand. I think he's a smart guy. I thought he's okay. smart. Yeah. All right. So the, the I funniest was gonna thing I've heard is to say we're not fourth graders. I'm not going to raise my hand. Can I, can I back up one? One. Well, I should have looked around to see what Robert said. I want to tell my Paul Ryan story. But the one period, the one period I want to put on the end of this is that. I think the one factor that's the X factor for Youngkin is he is unbelievably smart, as as Governor Walker said, in terms of as a business guy and a strategist. The one factor you have is you're term limited in Virginia, and yeah. no one remembers the guy who used to be governor. This is yeah. his one shot, and I think he says, you know what? Who cares? I'll take it. That's right. my two cents. Paul Ryan gave a speech in Wisconsin yesterday. I read it. I assume the reporting was accurate. And he said, we got to get this field winnowed by Super Tuesday. It's going to be too late. Earth to Paul Ryan, it's too late by February 1. If Donald Trump yeah. has not stopped in Iowa and New Hampshire, it's too late. So this notion that Youngkin can kind of waltz in in January or, or even December, like somebody's got to stop the guy in Iowa and New Hampshire. And that's why Paul Ryan, again, I think he's a brilliant guy. I like him a lot. But I don't. if that's the mindset of the establishment of the party, 
you might as well start picking but, the, but the, Mark, Trump, I, the Trump convention speakers. Th this is why, I mean, you know, and you and I have all, uh, talked about this on the show. Part of the problem with a lot of the establishment and a lot of the donors and a lot of the is there are rules and they govern. It's the same people who say Michelle Obama is going to be the nominee on the left. It's like that's not how it works. You can't just, right. you know, helicopter somebody in and drop them. I get it's a great click to get on YouTube or Twitter or X, whatever they call it now. But but the reality is, for those reasons, I get it. And that's where I think people get misled is they're like, OK, well, this is how it'll shake out. This is all about accumulating delegates. Yeah. Um, it, and, and but so it's not just it's, it's not just about getting in late, right? It's also about winnowing. Like people are like, well, we'll winnow after New Hampshire. No, if you winnow after New Hampshire, Trump's the nominee, almost certainly. Right. Frankly, right. you need yeah, to winnow. You need to narrow the field within the next month or so. I mean, that's I just, agree. That's I what totally I clicked eight agree. years ago. I agree. All right, but when you got out, you basically urged everybody else who didn't have a chance to get out. And I don't remember too many people following you at the door because they all said, "Well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for Iowa, and New Hampshire." Right. You had, yeah, Bush. And, well, and a good example Christy is Kasich. And, and Kasich, yeah. Yeah, John Kasich is a good example. He thought because he had all these delegates, which came from Ohio, that suddenly he was the viable alternative to Donald Trump. He didn't win anything else after that. Yeah. But the people live right. in that delusion. Last question. I want you both, and then I'll do it too. Name a topic without you think about Dana Perino and her colleagues. Name a topic that you think is a mortal lock to be asked about in the debate, and we will play this back tomorrow. What's a topic you're sure they're going to ask about, Governor? Well, they're going to ask about trade. Trade, okay. I'm the not saying whether that's a good idea or not, but I think you yeah. know with Stewart, trade. they're going to ask about yeah. trade. They're in Fox right. Business. Mortal locks, market border down. and immigration. Border and immigration. I'm going to take a little bit of a risk and say TikTok. I think there's oh. going to be a TikTok. By the way, I think the one that was interesting. I was watching Fox and Friends this morning, and I'm glad we we're touching. And and they were talking about crime. You saw this story about Target closing up nine things. Yeah, it's interesting because that's really not what they build the debate as. And I I so I think border will definitely come in because that's international. Yeah. I mean, it, it downplays every issue, but and it's Fox, so they can't not ask about immigration and border. But I think the issue that will be interesting is do they get into a domestic issue like education and crime that were yep. largely overlooked last time? I, I agree with you. The TikTok one, I think, is fascinating. We didn't cover uh, veterans issues. We didn't cover military. We really didn't cover China last time. So those are all things that I think would be great to touch on. But I actually would be interested to see how much the domestic issue, the crime and education and things like that, parents' rights come into play. I'll yeah. also be Governor, curious as to whether or not the moderators can keep control of the candidates because they didn't the last time. Yeah, but can yeah, I, that's a great smaller, question. Much smaller, much smaller room though, so it's an easier task. But but that's I just want to I want to ask that because I think that's that's a great question. I saw Dana comment on this in terms of trying to get control. Do you think that this debate is going to be more controllable or not? Or did anyone learn a lesson? I just I'll be interested in terms of how the candidates react to the moderators. Smaller, smaller room. There's like 700 people compared to thousands and thousands. And and I talked about this last time we convened. There were 50 bars within 100 feet of the last venue. <laughs> the Reagan Library is up on a giant hill. Yeah. There are no bars. I don't think they sell alcohol in the Reagan Library. I know so, a guy. Yeah, exactly. Hip flask. So I, I think I think the crowd will be significantly less raucous, which doesn't mean there won't be some crowd noise, but it could be very quiet. It certainly will be comparatively quiet. Um, yeah, all right, very Gary, you're not joining to go in the library as well. But the, the only hot. thing I would add to that, though, is I think you've got everybody on that stage has to be aggressive. So they're going to be ginned up. If, if I was you said, Tim Scott, before, if I was in the room with any of them, I'd give them a six pack of Coke and send them out there all juiced up because they've got to show incredible energy. Or a six pack yeah. of Monster. All right, Governor, you're not joining us tomorrow, right? I am not, unfortunately, on the road. 
All right, too bad. All right, uh, Sean and I are gonna be back and uh, there may be a special guest in governor's chair and uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, guys, great to talk to you and uh, I'll, I'll be online at, uh, during the debate. Feel free to, to IM me on uh, whatever platform you wish. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thanks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.